This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So the stock market sell-off is back after a few weeks of kind of a lull. We haven't had the capitulation yet, even though some of us thought it might have been January 27th. I think that was the date. Um, when it looked like things kind of bottomed, we did bounce off that. We had a mini rally, but now we're testing that low again. Um, and again, we haven't had the capitulation yet, so I feel like we could go lower here. And while the growth stocks are the ones getting hit the hardest, we all probably own some of them, even as value investors. There are also plenty of value stocks that have gone on sale. I know many of you have been asking me about them. So we want to buy the highest quality of the value stocks, right? It can't just be that they're cheap, even on a PE basis. Um, we want some that are also expected to grow earnings, especially this year after what we saw in 2021 when many companies did bounce back off the, off the coronavirus lows. So 2021 was a pretty good year for many companies but can they keep it going? And to screen for those kinds of companies, of course, that would mean we want this, the Zacks rank strong buys or buys. Um, we're about 30, uh, well, we're about 80% through this earnings season. So we now have a lot of updates and guidance on 2022. From most of the big caps, we're still getting some smalls and mids here, and we're still getting the retailers, but we have kind of a good idea now of some of the trends that are expected so far, even though it's only February, into 2022. So I ran a screen of Zach's number one ranks. Those are the strong buys. I said, eh, forget the number twos. I want only the number ones right here. That should give me Companies that uh, have seen a change in earnings estimates probably coming off that earnings report. So they said something good on the earnings report and the analysts are like, ah, we're too pessimistic. We have to raise here. And so they have been, and that's where they're getting the number one rank. I looked for a PE under 10 because I wanted dirt cheap. And that's usually what I consider is under 10 is dirt cheap. Um, and I added a peg under one because we might as well get growth with our value, right? If we're looking for those true good value stocks that are on sale right now, I want some growth. I, I don't just want earnings rising. I want to see some growth somewhere um, along with my dirt cheapness. <laughs> so I ran the screen and I got 25 stocks. That's more than I thought. I always seem to get more than I thought on some of these screens, right? But there are a lot of value stocks out there right now because of the sell-off. So who are these kind of unicorn companies, the ones with the rare combination of both value and growth? That is usually pretty rare, but now we know there's 25 of them. So here's the sectors they're in. The autos, again, those are back. Back for more here in 2022. Home builders, there was a couple of them also back for 2022. I'll have more on them a little bit later in the podcast. There was a few retailers, there was energy, and there was one fertilizer on there. And then just kind of a smattering of others. There was banks, there was a few banks. Um, but those are the categories we would expect, right? Those are the value categories. 
So I picked out five companies out of the 25 and I kind of tried to get them in different industries so we can kind of see what's going on with the um, estimates. And I also tried to pick companies that have reported. And so we have some new data going on with them. So let's dive right into the stocks. So the first one is on the auto side, Auto Nation, ticker AN. I haven't talked about them in a while. Um, we've been talking about a lot of the other auto retailers, but not so much AutoNation, but they just reported earnings on February 17th. So a lot of those earnings uh, revisions are coming in because it was better than expected. So they just reported their seventh consecutive record quarterly earnings. Revenue was up 14% to $6.6 billion. It was driven by the used vehicle sales, which were up 55%. We're still trying to buy those used cars. Now, because of the chip shortage, there's not as many new cars and people can't get what they want. So new car sales were actually down 7% year over year. But still, uh, last year, 2021, was also... Um, elevated well and and the end of 2020 so not surprising those new cars are down but um still 50 percent of sales originated on their digital channels so not everybody is going directly into one of their retail uh locations a lot of people still buying online or looking at the car online and like reserving it so they can go drive it that would include that would be included in the the origination on the digital channels. So um, it's kind of a combination of both their stores and online. They still are opening up more retail locations because we still do want to drive the cars a lot of times and we still will go to the dealerships. So, or in this case, the AutoNation location. Um, how cheap is the stock? PE is at 5.6. So that's pretty cheap. PEG 0.2. No dividend for this one, but they do have a share repurchase program. And at the end of the quarter, they had 776 million remaining on that repurchase program. So what have these shares been doing? Are they repurchasing any because the shares, you know, maybe have gone on sale. So year to date, they're down 9.2%. One year, they're still up about 35%. And that's versus the S&P 500 up about 11%. So they are outperforming. Um, I took a look back a little bit further than just year to date. So three months back, they're down about 16%. And some of that weakness is because of the peak earnings argument we've talked about many times on the podcast. So the street was thinking, how many more cars can anyone possibly buy? And at some point, the earnings have to decline on these uh, auto retailers. They can't keep going up. They can't keep reporting record quarters, but AutoNation is. And so they uh, kind of defying what the street is saying, right? But the street is still selling off the shares. That's why we're getting a 5.6 on the PE. They still don't believe it's going to hold. So what is happening with those earnings estimates? So AutoNation reported, and as I predicted, once these auto retailers reported and said, hey, 2022 is still starting off hot. The analysts would have to raise earnings estimates uh, for this year for 2022. They couldn't be as uh, nervous about what was happening. So three estimates are now higher for 2022 after these earnings. 
And we're seeing a uh, earnings per share of $18.62 versus $17.95 is where it was at. And they made $18.14 in, in 2021. So not that much higher, $18.62 versus $18.14, just 2.6%. But it's still some earnings growth for next year. But these shares are so dirt cheap, that's how you get that peg of 0.2. And we'll see how the earnings goes for the year if there is a slowdown um, or not. But can they keep doing these record quarters? Possibly, but at some point, they're not gonna be able to do it, right? Just because of year over year comparisons and how difficult that's gonna be. Uh, but the economy is still pretty strong, consumers feeling good, and they are wanting to buy cars still. So keep this one on your list, AutoNation, ticker AN is the ticker. Okay, we're going to switch over to the banks. UBS is the bank that um, made the list, ticker UBS. I was kind of surprised to see some banks on here. This is a Swiss bank. It's one of the big ones. Does pay a dividend, yielding 2.6%. What's going on with those estimates? Two are higher in the last 30 days. That's how it's getting the rank. And it's pushed it up to $2.16 from $1.99. That's up 4.9% over last year where they made 206. Banks historically are not super high growers normally. Um, so, but you're getting some growth with this one. And year to date, these shares are actually up 8.4% uh, versus S&P almost down about 10% now. And for the last year, up 23.1%. So that's also beating the S&P. But the banks have been pretty good performers on the belief of the global recovery and um, interest rates rising worldwide. Basically, central banks are raising. That should help the banks. So how cheap is it? PE of 9, a peg of 0.5. You don't really look at the peg that much with banks, but we had it in the screen here, so that's why that's why we're doing it. <laughs> and PE of nine, um, that's a little bit cheaper for the banks. I've seen many that are now 13, 14, 15 times. So that's also why it's showing up here and why not that many banks showed up in the 25, because those PEs are a little more elevated. Usually look for price to book with the banks. But since this one it was included in the screen, I decided to talk about it. So the one bank on here, UBS, ticker UBS. Then we're going to switch over to energy. There was about a handful of energy names on here. They're starting to report earnings on um, mass this week of February 22nd, 2022. And so some of them I didn't want to talk about because they haven't reported yet, but they're still Zach's number one ranks because a lot of them report production updates and the analysts can update their models based off of what's going to happen with production for the next year. So you see a lot of uh, changes to those earnings estimates even ahead of the actual earnings reports. But that being said, I did want to cover uh, one of the stocks that has already reported. So I picked APA, formerly known as Apache, but its ticker is APA. They changed their name, uh, wanted to get rid of the that Apache reference, I think. Um, so it's just APA now. They are an explorer, but they have a big energy uh, 
production outside of the U.S. So that makes them a little different than some of the ones I talk about many times that are in the Permian alone, only the Permian. So they have a big uh, find in the Suriname, and they're big in Egypt. It's been over in Egypt for several decades now. So keep that in mind with APA that they are in multiple uh, locations, multiple countries, so that that's a little different than some of the others where you kind of know what's going on in the Permian and you can buy the company based on what you know. So they reported on President's Day, which is a little weird um, because the market was closed and they actually missed on the estimate, but nobody cares because it's energy, right? And the free cash flows are at record levels for many of the energies and Apache or APA, no different. They are doing a 60% payout on that free cash flow. That's a little lower than some peers who have a little bit better balance sheets and aren't investing quite as much in these fines in like the Suriname and things. So, but still 60% quite nice for shareholders. They've raised their dividend twice in the last year in 2021. It's now yielding 1.6%, so not too bad. Uh, but you're not getting an Exxon or Chevron level of dividend, but they do have a share buyback as well. So um, you're getting this kind of combination with APA. And year to date, these shares are up 15.9%. And over the last year, up 63%. As we know, the energy shares have been the best performing sector. So they've had a big run, but they're still cheap because those earnings are still on the rise. So they have a PE of just 4.7 and a PEG of 0.2. Eight estimates are higher in the last 30 days, but I didn't see any since the earnings report. So um, it could just be the analysts are a little behind in updating, or maybe they won't update, I don't know. But I'm assuming there will be some more updates and maybe some more increases. But the full year estimate is now up to $6.60 from $5.49 in the last month. That's up 69% over the last year where they made just $3.90. So uh, times are good for energy. They're all doing the buybacks, variable dividends, increasing their regular dividends. Um, all this is happening because of the massive free cash flows. So APA, I own it in my own personal portfolio. And this is one of the ones I've owned for about 20 years now. But that's a podcast unto itself. And I think I really should do a podcast on what it's like to own an energy stock for 20 years through the cycles. Uh, but that's another story. So that's APA, ticker APA. Then we're going to switch over to the home builders. I decided to include them here because I've listened to a lot of these conference calls and uh, things are not as gloomy as everyone assumes, right? So the one I picked was KB Home. We've talked about it before, KBH. I picked it only because it's the cheapest out of the two that were on this list. DR Horton was the other one, ticker DHI. But I went with KB Home because it has a forward P of just 3.6. Yes. 3.6, they're almost giving it away, a peg of 0.2. So what is happening here over the last year, uh, these shares are actually down 10.3% and year to date, they're down 13%. They are now hitting 52 week lows and most of the home builders are also all hitting 52 week lows. 
Um, uh, but estimates have been soaring. So KB Home reported on January 12th. So it's been a while since they reported because they're on a fiscal year that ends November 30th. So they kind of report in the off season, as I like to call it. So we're going to hear from them soon enough again, actually. But when they reported fourth quarter, it was kind of early in the year. But things were looking good even then. And I've listened to a lot of these home builders, as I said, and I just listened to Toll Brothers. They just reported here in February. And everyone continues to say the same thing. Very strong demand. They aren't seeing any slowdown. Their backlog is still huge. Supply chain is still an issue. Uh, delivery times are longer, but they don't expect any changes in most of this, except maybe supply chain to improve, hopefully by the end of the year. Um, but demand expected to remain strong, even with rising mortgage rates. But how high do those rates have to go before the demand really starts to slow down? The street doesn't care. It's nervous right now. That's why it's selling off everything. Historically, the home builder stocks do uh, sell off 20 to 30% at least in a rising rate environment because sales do slow. Uh, gross margins may uh, fall a bit, um, unclear what's going to happen, but usually that is what happens. But um, with these big millennial generation, maybe this time it will not be a quite as big a slowdown. We don't know, but the street is betting that it is. That's why we've got 52-week lows on a lot of these. That's why it's dirt cheap. And uh, earnings estimates expected to be $10.16 this year. That's up from $7.88. Six estimates are higher in the last 60 days because they did report in January. None are higher in the last 30 days or the week. So I am kind of surprised it's still a Zach's number one strong buy here because it's been a while since these estimates were revised higher. But it's such a massive estimate revision higher. It, Earnings are now expected to be up 67% from last year where they made only $6.05. So pretty impressive. All the analysts are in agreement that it's going to be impressive. Um, so we get the Zacks rank strong buy and it's super cheap, but the street doesn't believe it's going to last. So they're selling it off. So that's KB Home, ticker KBH. Then we're going to wrap it up with a newbie on this list that I haven't talked about in a long time. I can't remember the last time, years ago, Harley-Davidson, ticker HOG. And the motorcycle maker is making this list because uh, they just had a more surprising earnings report than the street was expecting. So they saw 2021 revenue up 32%. And they're expecting 2022 to grow another 5 to 10%. They are assuming that the supply chain improves by the second half of the year for this assumption. Now, the estimates are on the rise, as they should be with the number one rank. So for 2022, four are higher in the last 30 days, pushing up that uh, consensus estimate for 2022 to $4.27 from three fifty-one. dollars now that's up 1.9% only because they made 419 last year. But everyone believed that this was a pandemic buy. People are out buying RVs, motorcycles, things to be out in the great outdoors. And how long will that go on? So everybody assumed, everybody meaning the street, 
the Wall Street assumed that's over. That was a 2021 play and it's only going to go lower from here. But surprise, maybe it's not. So analysts all had to revise higher and it's not soaring past 2021, but it is still seeing growth. Now, how cheap is it? PE is at 9.5. The PEG is at 0.2. So pretty cheap here. Year to date, the shares are up 9%. They did get a boost off this earnings report because everybody was doom and gloom. The shares bottomed out in January. So everybody waiting to see, uh, you know, how how bad was it going to be? But it turns out it's not going to be that bad. And so shares got a boost off of that earnings report. Over the last year, they were up 15.8%. That is still beating the S&P 500 up 11 but it's been pretty much a rocky road all in there. And like I said, shares were declining at the end of 2021. So could I get this cheaper? Possibly. They're doing a five-year strategic plan called Hardwire. They just finished their first year. It does pay a dividend, yielding 1.6%. So we have that. Um, But yeah, maybe this could go lower on a bigger sell-off. So I tell value investors this all the time, and it's a good thing to keep in mind when you're looking at these cheap stocks. Always ask, why are they so cheap? Why is KB Homes at 3.5 times? Pretty much, if it gets down to like one or two times, they're basically, you know, paying paying me to go buy it, basically. Like, they're giving it away. Um, So the street is saying it doesn't believe these earnings somebody's going to be wrong. Either the analysts are wrong or the street is going to be wrong. So either those estimates will hold up in this year for 2022, um, or then the value investor is going to reap the benefits, right? Um, Because the street will eventually say, hey, that stock is too cheap for the amount of earnings and I need to go buy it. But right now they're selling off a lot of these. Or you could be in a hated industry like energy or even the banks, both of them are pretty much hated, um, where no one has made money for a decade, so everybody's ignoring it. They don't care that it's cheap. Um, It could be a cyclical, so then they're like, eh, that's gonna be over soon, and I don't wanna be in there. So all of that is playing a part in some of these cheap stocks. Now, the home builders, again, keep selling off because of those rising mortgage rates. They're nearly at 4%. And so that's making everybody on the street really nervous, given the history that normally it means slowing sales for the home builders when those rates rise. But eventually, some of these stocks, including the home builders, might be so cheap that it's dumb not to buy them. Even if the sales do slow for the home builders or gross margins decline a bit, you're still getting it in at so low um, on the fundamentals, on all the valuations that it might make some sense just to uh, be buying it at that point, even with uh, if those earnings estimates come down a bit. Um, Also, another thing to keep in mind, some of the home builders are buying back their own shares in addition to paying a dividend. And some of them are seeing a lot of value in the shares here on the sell-off. So take a look and see who's buying their shares And that might be kind of a clue, too, that they're seeing some value there as they're getting this cheap, right? So that's what they're going to spend some money on. Um, Energy or the fertilizers. There was a fertilizer on this list. 
those are in bull market cycles that those usually happen multi years, but we will see corrections and pullbacks in all of those stocks. And we have over the last two years in both of those groups, even though they're now, I believe, in a new um, secular bull cycle. But the energies and actually the fertilizers, the free cash flows are so big. In addition to those dividends, they are doing these massive share buyback programs, some of them up to 10% of their shares. So it's hard to get a 20, 30, 40% decline in the shares if the company themselves are buying up 10% of it. So keep that in mind too. If you're thinking, oh, I'll get in when it pulls back you know, 20%, uh, like it did last year, we may not get those kinds of uh, big sell-offs here in 2022. So I'm, I'm kind of watching that uh, because I'm not seeing that yet in either one of those groups with the big buybacks. So you also might be able to get some of these stocks just much cheaper than even though they're dirt cheap right now. So we haven't had capitulation yet, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, and we always will have some kind of washout at the end of a sell-off like this, where there's maximum panic, maximum fear. Everybody thinks, you know, the end is near, doom and gloom. And that's when you can get even better deals, even though these are all deals. You can get even better deals on these. And I get kind of greedy when value stocks are in favor. I can't help it. I like to get it as cheap as possible. I know many of you do too, because that's the name of the game, right? It's just, it makes you very excited to get a stock that you know has good fundamentals. The company is growing those earnings. They might even pay you a dividend that might even have a juicy yield now, um, you know, four or 5% in addition to the growth and the cheapness. And that's what we live for as value investors in our sad lives. We live for things like this. So I'm holding on to some cash right now. Uh, That's not a bad position to be in, to have some cash on hand for when the deals are even better than what the deals are out there right now. But as I always say, no one can time the market bottom perfectly and none of us are going to be able to do it. So Cheap stock with good fundamentals is still a good combination. We have both value and growth with these stocks because of those peg ratios, and we have rising earnings estimates because of the Zacks rank. So I like all of those fundamentals when I'm looking. And remember to always do a deeper dive on whatever company you buy so that there's no surprises about what's going on with their business. Listen in on those conference calls like I do on the home builders. They're pretty eye-opening to hear what is actually going on. Um, Listen in on the ones with the auto retailers. Those are also eye-opening. And some of the retailers themselves that um, everybody thinks is also doom and gloom after a good 2021. Maybe the consumer is still out there spending their money. That's what I'm hearing from the retailers I'm listening in on. So the street isn't always right. And value investors go on the contrarian and against the, um, the mob, so to speak. And it takes some guts. It takes some guts to go in there, especially on big sell offs or when the stock does get really cheap. So use the tools you have at hand, use the PE, the price to sales, the peg ratios, use that Zacks rank, use any of these indicators that you have in your possession 
to get some edge to find out what's really going on there in the business. Because remember, value investors, we like to own the business. And I don't know about you, but I like to own business that are killing it. So um, all these companies are doing something good to have those rising earnings estimates in this uh, kind of environment. So keep that in mind. Let me recap the stocks now for those of you who maybe uh, just need a refresher about what we talked about. So we had AutoNation, ticker AN. We had UBS, the bank, ticker UBS. We had APA, which is just APA. That's our energy uh, producer. We had KB Home, that's KBH. And we had Harley-Davidson making a debut on here. First time in a couple of years. H-O-G is the ticker there. And as always, there's plenty of value stocks out there. I found 25 of them on this screen, and we're going to be talking about them every week. And I do want to do that podcast in energy. I'm just waiting for all of them to report earnings. They're still reporting. So once we get more of them in, I'll be talking about them. And I'll share my story of being an energy investor for 20 years. It's, it's not good. Lessons to be learned there. But be sure to subscribe to get all of the content and all the stocks. You can get us on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud with the Zach's Market Edge. Uh, But get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.